1: Everybody and welcome to the Edition of Nice Recast on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our new friends over at winbet.com. Win your bet today with Winbet. I don't know if that's their you know, Dan. I we're underpaid because every time we get a new every time we get a new sponsor, <laughs> I come up with a great new catchphrase, and it might already be their catchphrase, but I don't even know because I didn't read the ad copy because I'm such a great podcaster. You so,
2: you are in fact a slogan machine. <laughs> and little known fact, uh, Nathan actually came up with bop 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 bah, bah. I'm loving it.
1: Uh, that was all Nathan. I yeah, um, 20 years before I was born. You're, you're right. <laughs> uh, all right, Nathan, Dan, Dynasty cast week 14 is in the books. We're creeping ever so close. It's playoff. i not creeping. It's it's playoff time. If your playoffs don't start till week 16, you're in the four team league and you should get more friends. Um, <laughs> hashtag hot take, um, we're getting into the playoffs, and we're going to talk about some news and notes, what you should, what you need to know for your playoffs, and what you need to know if you're not in the playoffs, the kind of the, the, the sneaky moves you need to make based on current thought processes that might be flawed that's going to help prepare you to have a better roster for the 2023 season, which a lot of my teams need, apparently. <laughs> All right, we'll start off with my good friend, uh, Baker M. Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield. It might yeah, because we didn't do a show last week, Dan. So Baker Mayfield was not a Ram the last time we recorded. Heck, Baker Mayfield wasn't a Ram if we had recorded seven days ago now on Tuesday morning. (laughs) Baker Mayfield was a Ram on Tuesday afternoon and started or not started because I guess theoretically John Wolford started. And then Baker played like every other snap after that. Um, Baker played a starter's role for the Rams uh, on (laughs) Thursday night was terrible for three and a half quarters and then pulled a Tom Brady with two touchdowns in the final four minutes. I know that you are a, a devout uh, McVay stan. My concern here isn't the fact that I don't think May- Mayfield's a long-term star. I, I, I do think that there's a decent chance we see Baker Mayfield as the week one starter in, in Los Angeles in 2023. My bigger concern is what are the chances we see a Aaron Donald and McVeigh retirement in the 2022 offseason? I don't 20- think
2: there's I don't think there's any way that McVeigh is going anywhere. I, I do think that Aaron Donald is probably done, especially if Matthew Stafford is probably done because of the spinal contusion. Truly um, unfortunate. I'm glad he got his Super Bowl, but that's that's probably it. Now, as far as Baker goes, if McVeigh sticks, and I believe that he will, I, I I don't, I can't see him walking away from from the game. When I mean, he's still so young, but you know, I guess to each their own. I I I don't see why we couldn't have kind of a, a McVeigh resurgence with doing almost exactly what he did with Jared Goff, except with a passer that I. I don't really know if it's arguable this year is has been kind of enlightening on the Jared Goff front but I if you would have asked me this at the start of the year I would have taken Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff in every sense uh, of the imagination and if you would have told me and he gets Sean McVay I would have said yeah I mean sign sign me up but I think despite all of Baker's flaws there's still enough talent there where he he can thrive with a good coaching and be potentially better or you know at least a slight upgrade in in talent around him now basically all of the playmakers on the rams are out right now or bad or both but we watched kind of and again it's gets the raiders but we watched kind of like a <laughs> like just a, a career-defining moment with Baker Mayfield, if you will. I mean, he's throwing to to Ben Skoranek, Tutu Atwell, Malcolm Brown, Tyler Higby, Kyron Williams, and Van Jefferson. Not exactly the, the murderer's row of of talent. So I I think Baker, if, if Stafford is done, I think Baker can stick and they can make chicken salad out of chicken crap.
1: Yeah, and I think that if you're looking for like super flex value for Baker, that the one positive he does, granted he he's still, he's on a one-year deal. Um, but th- the thing with the Rams is they don't really have cash or draft picks to spare at the quarterback position. So Mayfield's future pretty much solely rests on the health of Matthew Stafford's neck. And so if, if Stafford like plays in 2023, then Mayfield's a high, high priority backup where he's a guy like, okay, if, Once Stafford's out, if Stafford's out, then Mayfield's a guy that you could put in your Superflex starting lineup. Um, And if Stafford is out, out, like retired or, you know, indefinitely, whatever it is, then Baker's going to be a starter. And he's going to be a guy that, like, there is some hope for the future with Mayfield. There isn't with any of the other Rams, like rosterable quarterbacks, whether it be what they have on the roster right now, or more importantly, their, their inability to add things in the offseason due to cap and draft picks. So Mayfield has, has himself in a good position. Um, you know, it, it was, he was one on waivers by the Rams, but I think that if he could have chosen the situation in the NFL, this would have been the best one for him.
2: Yeah. That's, that's option one, two, and three, as far as I'm concerned for especially a struggling quarterback to be able to go somewhere where you can essentially have your hand held and be able to just go out and throw the ball rather than have to worry about everything under the sun. Uh, and that's another big thing that's working in Baker's advantage right now is that his coach happens to like him a lot. We, we've we heard the stories about McVay and Baker spending time together. We know that McVay has used a lot of what Lincoln Riley had established uh, at, at Oklahoma in his offense. A lot of similarities there, so... I mean, it, it's it's truly a match made in heaven. Whether or not you believe that Baker Mayfield has the talent to be a starter, I, I don't think is really that relevant because we had the same arguments a couple of years ago, whether or not Jared Goff had the talent to be a starter. And not only did he thrive under McVay for a little while there, he's also looking pretty damn good in Detroit. So uh, this, this can go a long way for Baker's career, getting uh, a good head coach in a, a plus situation and... You know, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily going out and buying unless people are giving him away because he's still going to be rostered in pretty much every super flex, two quick quarterback spot. You know, if you want to stash him in a one quarterback league, if you have like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or whatever as just a potential backup for the future, uh, I think there's a better chance that Baker plays next year, whether it's on the Rams or wherever, than there is that Matthew Stafford plays. I think a spinal contusion at his age is pretty probably just about it
1: all right so to wrap up trade value if you have them on your roster are you taking a second if you don't roster you trading a second where where is the line there
2: uh i think my break evens probably in that like 205 206 range in a super flex uh, i think if it's a high-end two I, i'm trading baker and if it's like 207 to 210 or something i i would i would probably add baker for that but after a game where you see him, you know, even if it was one series or, you know, a two series of play, that's enough to boost value just because you get to see him uh, with an actual head coach.
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely think that that is the move. If Like, there isn't a player with the upside of a first overall pick in a McVay offense that you're going to get at 207. Like, you're going to be getting a day two quarterback. You're going to be getting a day two tight end. Like, the, the the caliber of player in that mid to late second round is not going to have the upside of Mayfield granted. It probably will have a higher floor than Mayfield because Mayfield's floor is just being a career backup after this year, yeah. but you know, there is still the upside, especially these last four weeks of the season. Um, let's move on to Kyler Murray at the time of recording this. People are pretty sure that Kyler Murray has a torn ACL, which would likely take him out until at least December of next year, possibly, you know, for, the duration of the 2023 season as well. Um, where do you? Let's start with the NFL NFL form of this, and then we'll we'll branch off to the dynasty form of this. What do the Cardinals do here? Do they patch together Colt McCoy? Do they go after Baker Mayfield? Like, what is the the Cardinals' thought process with missing likely a year of of, of Kyler Murray? Well, I, I think you have to really. You know,
2: throw all the money, all the you know the draft capital, everything to the side, and really decide whether or not Kyler Murray is your guy. And but they already gave him the the Brinks truck, though, so it does not really matter. It, I mean, it it could though if if they gave him the Brinks truck, which they did. But they were, well, we don't have a better option. Which that happens. We you know Russell Wilson got the Brinks truck. Aaron Rodgers continues to get the Brinks truck. Matthew Stafford got the Brinks truck. All of these things aren't looking all that hot. Yes, Kyler is half of their age. But I I don't know that we can for surely say he's worth that. His legs are the best part of his game, unfortunately. And without an ACL, hey, guess what? No legs. Uh, And now, again, modern medicine, ACLs aren't what they used to be. But that's going to change a player for better or for worse, whatever. I I I don't know that I've ever really been impressed by Kyler as a quarterback. I think his value as a playmaker is immense. But I mean, do they go full reset? Is Cliff out? Is you know, do they do they try to find a home for Murray? I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Baltimore is like, "Hey, we're not going to try to spend what Lamar Jackson wants. Let's go get Kyler and then let Lamar walk." I mean, that's a one-to-one deal right there if you ask me it's just finding the value to trade for him so I I still at the end of the day chances are Murray is probably I mean it's probably gonna be the Cardinals guy for the entirety of his contract because that's a tough one to get out of but I I don't know if if this if Arizona can go unchanged I mean we've seen Cliff and Kyler heads seemingly every single week And to not really any positive change. They just continue to put up bad performances. They haven't won anything. They're not living up to any form of potential in an offense that has DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, the skeleton of A.J. Green. Uh, When Rondale Moore was healthy, he was looking good. James Conner has looked nice. That offense should be able to do whatever it wants. And it just it isn't. And it hasn't. You know, there's been a couple of good games here and there. So there's something wrong here and if you believe in Kyler then you're going to blame Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. If you don't believe in Kyler, you're going to blame Kyler. So one of those two things in my opinion probably has to change.
1: Yeah, I think that the the biggest takeaways here are that Cliff is gone um and Kyler's going to get one more shot. Um assuming health, he's going to come back late 2023 more 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 likely than not early 2024. And so I'm, I'm willing to pay for Kyler Murray right now. Uh, I I'd, I'd pay any first that isn't a top two first, um, you know, taking a red shirt year as it would be for 2023 and understanding that, you know, you get an IR spot once the season opens up with that. Um, I still see Kyler Murray as a legitimate, you know, top eight quarterback, but this injury does put him at like eight you know, there was, you know, kind of a lot, a, lo- a wider range in my rankings week to week, you know, m- month to month where it was like, okay, some weeks I had, I mean, some months I had Kyler Murray at like QB three, some months I had him at QB six. Like now it's like, he is the absolute bottom of what like, the perceived, like super great, like young tier. Um, and so that's kind of where I have him. And I, I would trade the one Oh three for that right now. Um, or, you know, the equivalent player value of that, as long as I'm not like competing or as long as I'm not like super contending there's, there's sometimes, you know, we often say like, Oh, if I'm not competing, I'm going to go acquire Kyler Murray. There's sometimes where when you're competing, that's also the time to buy Kyler Murray. Yes. It's going to ding your, the value of your roster for 2023, but that's, that shouldn't stop you from trying to acquire this value because we see it every single time, especially now that the ACLs are basically like a walk in the park at this point. Um, Every single time a player has an injury, the minute they come back, they double in value. So uh, if you have Kyler Murray at QB eight and he's that's his trade value right now, he's going to be QB four by the time he comes back. Um, I, I know that you might have some long term concerns with the ACL in particular. But yeah, I think this is a prime buying opportunity for Kyler.
2: So I, I, I'm less convinced he can move back up considering the other quarterbacks around him that have been playing well. He's never going to pass Josh Allen. He's never going to pass Patrick Mahomes. He's probably never going to pass Jalen Hurts at this point. I'm still going to take fields every single day of the week. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence every single day of the week. Then you have your next tier of, of guys, even some of the younger ones. Like I, I don't know. I think we're this, this conversation, I think we're going to be talking about is Kyler Murray a QB one before. Is he a top five, top six guy? I, I, I think a lot of things have to change for the positive. Now, if we see something like Cliff out, Lincoln Riley in, that to me could be very interesting. I, I think that Lincoln you know, Riley's
1: not leaving USC.
2: He might for an NFL gig. He might to go back and I mean he I, and I, I, Tyler. I think, par-
1: I think. I think the, the one problem is that I think before before last night, uh, the 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 Cardinals job had Sean. I mean had uh, Sean Payton had Sean Payton written all over it. And now that the Kyler thing is happening, there's no way Sean Sean Payton's gonna come back to coach a Colt McCoy or you know, that level led team. So pretty much you can you can uh earmark uh Sean Payton for the Chargers job. Man, I I don't know if Staley's out on that one. Uh but
2: yeah, I, I think I think this offseason is gonna be very telling for not only the Cardinals as a whole, but but Kyler Murray specifically. If this is gonna be a, well, Cliff, we're gonna give you one more try at it. I I don't know that that's good for anybody. I, I don't know. You know, maybe is just a, an offensive mind in the NFL. Cliff can survive. I don't think he was really ever built for a head coaching job. And uh, we're, and we're seeing that more and more now that it's just, it's not it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to see Kyler back and healthy and, and they can keep him healthy and they can continue to build around. But um as of right now, I mean, unless, you know, if I'm a contender and I have that late first, I'd probably trade anything 107 and later for Kyler. But I got to be honest, I'm, I'm probably taking all three of the top quarterbacks, even if Will, Will Levi Jeans is bad, because he is, but he's got that Josh Allen arm. Uh, I'm taking all three of those guys. I'm taking What's-His-Nuts from Texas, probably uh, probably Jordan Addison still, Jackson Smith and, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't know that I can justify taking Kyler over those guys, even though he is a starting quarterback in what should be a good offense. I just have no faith in Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, that that, that it's fair to be skeptical at this point. I I think that the the people who are going to acquire Kyler Murray here are going to be the aggressive owners and ones that are willing to take on the risk. And I know that you're you're not always the, the risk-taking on owner. So that makes sense. Um, now, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry.
2: I just, and it's going to sound like, oh, I'd rather have Mayfield over Murray. No, no it's, it's all based on cost, you guys. Yeah. Uh, May, Baker Mayfield costs almost nothing right now. Kyler Murray still costs way too much. Now, there was all the potential in the world in his favor. He It looked like Sky was the limit because of the way that they built that offense. The problem is, we haven't seen enough Sure, he's scoring some fantasy points, but he hasn't been good doing it. That that's my big issue. You can't play bad at quarterback and keep that job and you know, yes, the points are great while they're great, but if you're bad, you're you're not going to last. It's it's just the unfortunate part. So for based on cost, yeah, I probably would rather have Baker than Kyler, but I'm not saying in a in a vacuum that Baker is is over Kyler. I just I struggle paying what he has been going for over the last probably two years.
1: All right, let's move on to a rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, which people uh, were getting mad at for some reason online, Um, Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy uh, sliced and diced the Buccaneers' defense. Um, I texted Russell uh, Clay at the beginning of that game saying, this is going to be a blowout, and it was. (laughs) It wasn't good for the Buccaneers, Um, but right now we're focusing on Purdy. Purdy was a guy who I liked in Debbie, um, more so at the beginning of his career. He was putting up some some nice uh, AYA numbers at the beginning of his career, kind of cooled off towards the latter half, and that's what made him be a late-round draft pick. But now he's put himself in a position he's the starter for the rest of the season with the San Francisco 49ers, um, and that's definitely a team that is very much in flux for the quarterback position. So um, where you at with with Purdy Is is this very much a tryout to possibly start over Lance, I still think that Lance is going to get one more shot no matter what, um, unless Purdy goes like Brady and wins the Super Bowl. And, I mean, there's a
2: chance at that. The Niners have so much talent. That defense is so good that he can just be, uh, you know, a, a replacement-level quarterback, and they can win. Now, is the ceiling still higher with Trey Lance? Yeah. My big issue is we've seen more out of Brock Purdy in two games coming onto the field without, you know, no warning, right? Jimmy G goes down, Brock, you're in. Not only did he light up Miami, he absolutely dismantled Tampa Bay. And we're not talking about world-beating numbers, but he picked them apart. It, it, it looked like he w- that was just what he did. And and thankfully he is a quarterback, so that is what he does. But it just looked like he has been doing it. We've seen more in a a game and a half of Brock Purdy or however long it's been. I don't know when Jimmy G went down in that game than we have in Trey Lance's career. And one of these guys is is on the up and up. The other guy's on the IR. So I, I get that they essentially have sunk their you know, near future into what was Trey Lance. But even when he was on the field, aside from like one game against Houston, I don't know that you can find me anything that says that Trey Lance could be even as good as Brock Purdy is showing to be right now. Um, again, though, it, you know, they did sink all of that into going to get Trey Lance, but sometimes you're just wrong. Now, ceiling, again, ceiling's still significantly higher for Trey Lance because of what could be. But what we've seen from Brock Purdy at this point, I mean, he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's pretty clean and, and fair to say. It's just whether or not you think going backwards again to give Trey Lance the old test for him to get hurt by week three next year, it, I mean, why, why not just let Brock run it until the wheels fall off? And this team, if this team wins, there's no way Trey Lance is a starter week one.
1: Yes, wins the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, and th- and then of course you could see that would be more interesting. Is obviously I'm, I'm rooting for the I'm Bucks fan. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm rooting for the Bucks. But it would be interesting to see a Niners Super Bowl win. To see Trey Lance's trade market, like would the Cardinals become one of the top suitors for Trey Lance? Not really, or,
2: or the Ravens. You know that yeah. those those spots are suitable, and he he's not dead by any means. He needs to get healthy, and he either a needs to reestablish himself in San Francisco or find somebody that's going to give him the same chance that San Francisco gave. He's just got to stay healthy.
1: Now, there's one player who started off the season very hot and has has still shown some sparks throughout the season, but it's cooling off as the season goes on, and that's one Saquon Barkley. Now, if you wanted to go and bet an under on Saquon Barkley, where, where would I go about doing that, Dan? Well, you would head on over to our new friends at
2: winbet.com. That's right, WinBet.com, and Saquon Barkley is our WinBet bet of the week. You gotta be looking at those unders, folks. The the lines on Saquon continue to be high, and his game of late has not been high. He he has been slowed uh, at, at best. So make sure you you know you get in there, you dabble a little bit, and if you go over to Win dot, WinBet.com today, you can sign up receive special sports offer bet 100 win 100 and all you have to do is download either the win bet uh win bet app now or you can go to win that's w y n n bet.com and start winning sign up today free money i mean this is just what we do we're throwing out free dollars every week it seems like so go on i mean i know everybody loves saquon barkley i i get it he's fun player any play he could take it to the house his, the, the question it seemed like always was, can he do it, offer A, a full season, B, be a true workhorse back? Those legs seem dead to me, Nathan. Yeah, he ran all over the, the Houston Texans, who are really good football team. He ran it like 35 times. I don't know what they were thinking doing that, A, and B, continuing to try to run him like 15, 20 times. He's, he's, he's not... That just hasn't been his M.O. You give him you keep him unlimited touches, not like five. He can still get like 20 total touches, but you need him in the passing game because he's your best pass catcher. And Danny Dimes sucks. So mashing him in between the tackles 30 times a game is just purely idiotic. I don't even know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and it has results. It's correlated with the Giants' demise. It was kind of well known during the Giants' hot start that they were the most fraudulent, like seven and one team or wh- whatever they were with, with their hot start, that there was no way that it was going to be sustainable. And that also correlates with the rushing production of Saquon Barkley. In the last seven or eight games, he only eclipsed 100 yards once, only eclipsed 70 yards twice. Um, so. He just hasn't been as effective on the ground, even with the increased uh, in, with the elevated volume, having an 18 carry game, 15 carry game, a couple of 20 carry games. So, yeah, I think that we the main concern dynasty wise is we may have, uh, you know, claimed the the revitalization of Saquon Barkley a little bit too early. Is he better than he was, you know, in 2021, 2020? Yes. Is he 2018, 2019 Saquon Barkley? No. See, to me, it's still the same guy. We're chasing big plays Uh, outside
2: of of, uh, probably week one with Tennessee. I I genuinely don't know that that we've seen like explosive play after explosive play. It's like one and done. And, And that was even his M.O. at Penn State. He would have one big play and that would just be kind of it. Uh, and and as of late, I mean, not only has this team gone downhill, which has hindered him. I, I'm I'm going to give him credit for that. The Giants being bad does not help Saquon Barkley, but he definitely hasn't been helping himself. And he scored a couple of touchdowns. Great. Anytime you get into the red zone, that should just be your automatic option is getting the ball to Saquon. But yeah, outside of a couple of games this year, I, I haven't seen what everybody else is seeing. Everybody, because they see fantasy points, they automatically just, that's he's, he's back. That's him. He's had, like, two, like, actual good games. And the other games when he's just been, he's had two games with over 30 carries, Nathan. One against Chicago in week four, and then the one against Houston in week 10. So, 66 carries for just shy of 300 yards. Good games. That's that's great. He's he's somewhat efficient. He's scored I think a touchdown, one touchdown out of all of that. But you absolutely cannot give him the ball 30 times between the tackles. Even the games when he's running it like 24, 25 times. Uh, Carry it 15 times between the tackles and get him like 10 targets. That's what we need of Saquon Barkley, not smashing him into the line 30
1: times a game. That's absurd to me. So, where where are we at trade value with Saquon Barkley? I, I think he's probably. Like very late mid first, like 109 ish is probably where I would value him right now. And even then, like that Are is talking only startup or like rookie. No, 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 no. Rookie, 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 rookie. I
2: see it's I find myself in like, and I'm not even want to be like a Saquon hater because I love the talent. He gets propped up so high every single time because he has like one game or one carry or whatever. See, Amir Abdullah crap from whatever year that was when he had that one carry in the preseason. It's that's Saquon's career. Every time he has a big play, you know, skyrockets in value. I, I, I think I'm become too much of a hater to even say like, oh, this is where you should be ranked. This is what he should be worth because I'm never going to pay what somebody is going to ask for Saquon Barkley. Most people have him still as like a top five running back. I don't know that I have him in my top 10 at this
1: point, which is probably yeah. absurd. Uh, it's probably a ridiculous take. But no, I mean, I, I think especially when when you account for the twenty twenty when we put our twenty twenty three backs into the class, I think it's very e- it would be very easy for us to sneak Saquon out of the out of the top ten. Um, but yeah, I think that's just that's just a case of the veteran running back thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that for the most part, the the message fantasy wise here is if you're in a league that has a late trade deadline or no trade deadline at all, and you have Saquon and you're not in the playoffs. Now is the time to trade him because there's some rumblings going on that oh Saquon isn't as good as he was earlier in the season, yada yada. But there's gonna be a huge difference between today in you know, mid December and his trade value and mid January, early February, especially if he starts to slow down at all.
2: Yeah, I I well he has slowed down. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's the biggest continuous is,
1: slowdown. He's already slowed
2: this. I mean this could be the Demarco Murray, the Todd Gurley, the you know these 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 explosive playmakers that just are all of a sudden have dead legs. Like you can't you can't do anything with these guys. And you know, again, I love watching Saquon when he's playing and he's healthy and he's not like when he's got that pop. I just I haven't seen it over the last month. Uh, it's gone from him. So, um, yeah. I mean, if you can if you can move him still for an early an early rookie pick. You know, if you can get in the top five for Saquon, I mean, I think I'm I think I'm think doing that. If you can guarantee yourself Robinson or Gibbs, one of the wide receivers, if it's super flex, one of the quarterbacks, I mean, I'm taking all of those guys over Saquon pretty comfortably. And I mean, I think anyone that still has Saquon as like a top three, four, five back, you got to take a look in the mirror or at least a look at the stat sheet uh, if you're not watching the games because he has not been that guy.
1: All right, next we have, jk dobbins coming back from injury 15 carries for 120 and a touch that's really 14 carries for like 60 yards um uh, (laughs) if you don't we're not gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so there was some criticisms on the twitter sphere of how he looked on his long run not having quite that breakaway speed that some people thought he had i've never seen dobbins as like the fastest back in the world i've seen him as you know like, not like a plotter, but like the level just a fa- little faster than a plotter. Um, basically, Dobbins gets by on his elusiveness and his power rather than his speed. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm i very mixed feelings on J.K. Dobbins. I think he's like an okay running back in that we kind of vaulted him up dynasty rankings because of his draft capital and because people were excited about him in, at Ohio State. Um, I think for now, this this is probably the first time in his career he's probably been properly valued as like, an RB2. Um, so that's really where I'm at with him is I, I would, you know, give up a late first for him. That's fine. Um, but uh, there's nothing too exciting about what's going on with JK Dobbins other than the fact that he has Lamar Jackson, but guess what? He had this big, this big game. No Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the Dobbins
2: bit for me, I, I don't understand though. No, I can't believe you got caught. Like there's probably three running backs in the league that are running away from DBs. Uh, that's not that's a that's a bad take for anyone you know even even linebackers even outside linebackers those guys are catching jk dobbins those guys are catching most running backs uh they're they're just too, too big and too fast now as far as jk dobbins goes um my you know I, I was excited just because of the potential with baltimore i i didn't i never thought he was going to be like the game breaker guy i just saw so much value the same way we saw value in Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to Kansas City, and obviously he had a higher draft pick by almost a full round. But Dobbins in, in Baltimore should have theoretically been just kind of a smash because of the spot alone. I mean, you look at the guys that have performed and done well there, your Gus your Gus Edwards, your Mark Ingrams, when he was like 76 years old. Uh, there, there's been enough guys that really shouldn't be absolutely, you know, smashing in fantasy. And they have because of that offense, because it's a run-first offense. Lamar Jackson being the main threat, but once you know when you have to, you have to watch him every single play. That opens things up for just about everybody else. So uh, I like Dobbins. I don't think he'll ever be like a real workhorse type back. I do still think that he he sticks as the one A in Baltimore, assuming health um and th- i think that's going to be good enough to definitely be like a mid rb2 which right now in in this in our time of need at the running back position uh, i mean that 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 can go a long way like again cost wise i'd much rather have jk dobbins as Haquan barkley right now
1: yeah definitely um obviously a little bit younger um and in the better offense is definitely points towards jk dobbins now let's wrap up with some Jaguars talk. Uh, Evan Ingram became like a top four tight end overnight, um, uh, uh, scoring-wise, which doesn't mean anything. Um, but with his giant week uh, this past week at, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Evan Ingram, um, yep, tight end four in the season after a 39-point performance. He still is Mr. Drops a lot. He has one, two, three, four, five, six out of – Six out of thirteen performances have been double-digit weeks, which is pretty much all you can ask for from tight end position at this point. Um, I don't think it, I still don't think Evan Ingram has trade value per se, but where are you valuing him in him in dynasty? I mean, he's still got to be
2: in like that fringe tight end one conversation, if not a little bit inside of it. I mean, the the J uh, Trevor Lawrence ascending has has kind of been a godsend, and even even so. Ingram really hasn't done a lot outside of this game and maybe a couple middle of the season, but I, I, nothing has really been like, like mind blowing. We, we know Evan Ingram can do all of these things. We watched him do it in New York. He was one of the better, one of the better young tight ends and just kind of plateaued and, and never really grew as a player, uh, which is unfortunate because it would have been fun to watch him you know, actually get better and, and do more. But this Jags offense come next season could potentially be one of the better in the league. I mean, you'll get Calvin Ridley back, assuming they they reinstate him from suspension. You'll still have Christian Kirk being overpaid by a lot. Uh, There's potential for them to go out and draft somebody. But I I think the way that offense is right now, that they're going to be scary. And I think Evan Ingram can be a, a small part of that. I don't really ever think he's going to break into that, like, top half of the tight end ones he is 28 now so he's starting to get into that like that that prime years of tight end but because he started out so young we may also see him fade a little bit faster as well uh but it's i like him i i don't i don't know that he'll ever have a ton of dynasty value which is nice if you do like him and you need a tight end you can probably go get him for relatively cheap, maybe not after that game. I probably wouldn't advise buying after that game. Uh, give it a little bit first, and ha- let him have another one catch for four yards type deal. Um, and, and that's one. That's the one tough thing is you see defenses specifically can take him away with just a, a good coverage linebacker, or they move a safety on to him and he's useless. Uh, that that's the one tough part about Evan Ingram. But when they're trying, they they when they actively work to take away Christian Kirk, when they actively work to take away the running backs. Evan Inger becomes option A. Honestly, he he can get open pretty seamlessly, uh, when he's not being focused on. So, um, yeah, not a lot of trade value, but he's not a bad tight end to have. I wouldn't want him as my first option at tight end, but if he's your tight end too, especially in like a premium league, that'd be nice.
1: And then Trevor Lawrence obviously it's having the breakout um, that we've been looking for over the last few weeks, 33 points, 16 points, 24 points, 20 points in the last four weeks. Um, With Lawrence, my comparison here is a slightly richer man's Kirk cousins. Is that wrong? I'm in
2: the poor man's Justin Herbert range right now. Uh, I I think that's probably the same guy, but I think he's closer to Herbert than he is to cousins. Uh, I'm, I see more from Lawrence and, and more potential than I ever really saw with Kirk cousins. Kirk to me was just consistent. Never was going to make a lot of like bad mistakes, even though we saw one this week, (laughs) Uh, just lobbed one up. Um, But yeah, I mean, Lawrence obviously age is on his side. He's only 23 He and fields are the youngest two in your top, probably 10, 12 quarterbacks. Um, and we're seeing some some high-end gameplay out of out of Lawrence at a young age in an offense that is starting to figure it out a little bit. You know, I, I'm taking him over Murray. Uh, I don't know that I'm taking him over Fields. I, I think he just kind of buds up right there with, like, Joe Burrow. Uh, as far as rankings go, I'm I'm taking him ahead of Deshaun Watts, and I'm taking him ahead of Dak. Uh, I think Tua is probably right there. Even though it seems like he's been been seen as well, it looks like they figured out how to stop Mike McDaniel and, and Tua. Um, but then I, I think there's a sizable gap from your Trevor Lawrence's to your Kirk Cousins and your Derek Carrs and your Aaron Rodgers. I I I, I appreciate the comparison because you do see a little bit of that that conservative conservativeness in Trevor Lawrence's game. But you also see that game make that the playmaking, the game-breaking plays that we see with like Justin Herbert. So I, I think he's kind of in his own space there in the middle right now. But I, I do think we see him, you know, close that gap and and I, I mean he's he's right on Joe Burrow's hips as far as I'm concerned. If if Lawrence had playmakers like Joe Burrow has, I, I think we would be having a different conversation.
1: Yeah, and that's the big thing: the Ridley and then the potential of a first-round receiver could make this offense a brand new offense, like adding Christian Kirk's fine. Adding Zay Jones. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. I'm saying right now, the 2020, 2023 editions of Ridley and, and a potential early wide receiver yeah. are going to be much more meaningful than, than Kirk and, and Zay Jones were. Yeah. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you
2: throw him in this mix and th- this team, uh, sky's the limit. I, I think he's a, he's a game changing type wide receiver. Uh, uh, and maybe they go a different route. Maybe, maybe they're looking at 2024 for like their all in move. They go get a wide receiver that year. But I think there's so much talent in this coming draft. And and you add that to Travis Etienne and, and the you know, the wide receiver twos that they currently have stocked along with Calvin Ridley, uh, who I think is just probably gonna live in the slot and basically take Evan Ingram's job. Um it, this this offense could be super dynamic.
1: Alrighty, righty, that should wrap us up for today. Any last words, Dan?
2: Good luck in your playoffs, folks. We, we'll definitely see you next week. But uh, if you don't have a bye week, good luck in those little wild card games. Hopefully, uh, you score all of the points you need.
1: All righty, that should wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadosh!